All right, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the Billikens and what's going on is a whole lot of winning. 17-6 and six on the year, six-game winning streak, second place in the A-10, uh, behind only Davidson, who they face here, I think, in like a week and a half. So we got a lot to talk about, a team that's going real well. Happy to have the voice of the Billikens, Bob Ramsey, with us. You'll find him on Twitter, at RammerSTL. And, you know, Rammer, when we talked about this team earlier in the year, it wasn't long after... Uh, the injury to Javante Perkins. We talked about a lot of the things that would need to happen for this team to have some success. And well, it looks like uh, looks like a few of those things are happening. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that the uh, Travis Ford said that this has been one of the slowest to air quotes get it of any of his teams that ended up being pretty good. But he said. It, it, but it appears they are getting it mm-hmm. and starting to play pretty well. Um, you know, when we were, when we talked earlier at the very beginning of the season about what you needed to do, we had some games on the schedule. It really was a brilliant schedule, which is a, we could do a whole show on scheduling, <laughs> but a brilliant schedule. The problem was that this team as a group weren't ready to win yet. And that I know that sounds it's not an excuse because, man, you sure do wish you had UAB and Belmont yep. and even Auburn back again, but the team wasn't quite ready to win. And they blew leads and didn't know how to close out games. And that's not to say they're going to be perfect the rest of the way, but it appears they figured some of that stuff out now. And Travis thinks they've got another level, and I, I tend to agree with him. You know, I, I would agree. I mean, look, it's it's not perfect, but a lot of the things that we were hoping to see have been there. Uh, like, you know, we, we kind of knew what to expect from Yuri Collins, right? We, yep. we you know, I think, we you know, a couple of the guys, though, that we were still learning about when we last talked about all this was, you know, like, what are we going to get from Okoro? What level is in there for, for Gibson Jimerson as a scorer? And how reliable can he be? And I think, again, a lot of positive answers there. Obviously, we've seen that you go pretty much what? seven, eight guys deep pretty and, and pretty Easy. confident about what you're getting, and then you've got more that can add a little here and there depending on what you need on a given day. That's exactly right. That's uh, it, it, a perfect um, setup because I, I think one of the keys is going to be for us down the stretch is the depth at center. Most of the teams we play have at least one good big. Right. But there aren't many – that you can get a full 40 minutes out of your three guys. And what's really been interesting, if, if people want to be nerds like us and go back <laughs> and, and look at box scores and that sort of thing, Martin Linson and uh, Francis Okoro, sort of not quite every other game, but almost every other game, one guy's got a matchup that he excels in. Mm-hmm. And then the next, next game, the other guy's got it. The point is they're not the exact same kind of player. And to this point, they complement each other. Yeah. And then you've got Basil Traore, who is just still learning, actually learning how to play basketball, yet he has been able to give good minutes most nights when there's foul trouble. And so you don't, um, as, a, as a staff, you're not as worried about the foul trouble from the bigs because you're three deep. Right. So I don't want to jinx it, but that's been how it's playing out. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, one of the things that is – I mean, really interesting to me, and because I, I'm, I know that when it comes to a team, you know, in the A10, pretty much anybody in that level, right? You're not, you're not fielding a team 
with one and done guys or, you know, high end first round picks. So some of the basic things matter, like mm, knocking down your free throws, uh, like having a pretty solid three point percentage from at least a few guys that, you know, if you're behind late in the game, we can let they set these guys loose and they can come back. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the three point shooting is a little better than it was last year. Not a whole lot, but I think the free throw shooting seems to be a good bit better. It's unbelievable. It's as good as we've had in many, many years. And for the longest time, you feared free throw shooting at the end of the game. You yeah. feared that you were going to lose it, and legitimately so. Now it's absolutely a weapon, and it's a good one. It's really good. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm just, uh, you know, because we'd always lament, they're free, hit them, <laughs> you know. And, and everybody felt the frustration. The players did, too. Now you've got a group, especially your bigs. You know, having bigs that can hit free throws, for whatever reason, that seems to be, you know, uh, a a non-trend. You know, bigs across the country, oh boy, just hope he hits his free throws. And Okoro and Linson are lights out. It's really good. And then you talk about, you know, the three-point shooting. Jimerson has become a marked man, and appropriately so. If you were going to scout the Billikens and put a game plan, you got to say, we can't let Jimerson beat us, right? right? I yeah. mean, that's huh? logical. So we take him away. But anytime you take away something, you open up a door to something else. And that has been these other contributors, including Yuri Collins, adding to his game yeah. with scoring. So um, it, 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 we're gonna we're a handful right now. It's been fun to watch. And, you know, Rammer, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting conference. Obviously, Davidson is, is having another great year. Uh, and they'll be, you know, these two, what are they hooking up? Like two, three games down the road here? I know. Uh, yeah. You got, yeah. I think it's like a week, a week and a half away. So, you know, That's I don't right. know that, I don't know that first place is going to be on the line in that game because Davidson has to lose for first place to be on the line with a game right. and a half lead right now. But you're in contention for the regular season title in the A 10. Uh, you're in the top 50 in the Ken Palm ratings. I think number 48 now with a chance for that to go up the rest of the way or, or go down, I suppose. I think, I think that you know, you're, you're, you're in a spot where you, you control some of your destiny. Like the tournament's not crazy. You've got an op- opportunity to make a run in the A-10 tournament. And all of that after losing a guy like Javante Perkins at the beginning of the year. Yeah, when you put that little caveat on there, you go, wow, they're doing something. And I think you're right. And it sounds obvious, well, yeah, if you win your games, right. But now you're talking about a team that is capable of winning games. Yeah. You're not talking about a, a, an 11-10 and 10 team struggling to try and figure it out. Well, if they just win their games, you go, come on, really? But you've got a team that's on a roll. You've got a team that has arguably the best point guard in the country, certainly has the best stats. And with his defense that Yuri's added, you've got – a legitimate top-flight three-point shooter that's as good as anybody in the country. And although there's a couple of guys that are shooting like 50% from three, they're just, <laughs> I don't know what they're on, but I want some. And, uh, and, and you've, got, you've got depth. You've got bigs that can play. You've got a little bit of everything. And then you've got a couple of X factors like Jordan Nesbitt, who's still really learning the game. Yeah. Terrence Hargrove Jr. that uh, gives you athleticism and energy. So when you say, well, their destiny's in front of them, got to go win games, you're saying it because it's a team that is capable. When you look at the schedule, they're capable of winning all their games. Will they? Well, you wouldn't bet that if you were a better, but you say it's in front of you. Control yeah. your own destiny. And and 
you know, the, the bigger picture, just evaluating the whole thing. I mean, there's there's only one game all year that's gotten away from you. And and that game was the game, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And and you know, right out of the gate, it's what is it, two weeks, three weeks after you find out about the Perkins injury, you're still sorting through everything, and you get beat by sixteen there. Every other game has been at least in some way in doubt. And we're talking about the the you know, the best team in the country for most of the year. Auburn's a four point game. UAB's really good in the C U S A. That's a five point game. Uh, Dayton's really good. That's a five-point game. I think the one you probably want back is the UMass game, right? I mean, I think we all would agree you want that one back. But that was a mess. Yeah, and and but but overall, you have one bad loss, and you've played with some of the better teams in the country, and you've won the rest. I mean, it's not yeah. perfect, but uh, considering the whole picture and looking ahead to me when I'm trying to make a case, because this is kind of what I'm getting to, Rammer. So I'm making the case that. If things don't change dramatically, this should be a tournament team. Yeah, so then you start to get in playing the parlor games of how many wins. Yep. yep. If you have any losses, who can they come come against? How far legitimately you start to do some math now, how far up in Ken Palm and net rating can you get? And then it can it can be fun and interesting, kind of a deep dive for basketball nerds. And it can also drive you crazy <laughs> as you try and look at because the out because the thing that's not in you can figure the math but you can't figure for sure who's going to win on a given night. Yeah, and I guess that's why we keep coming back because you just don't know. Yep, for sure, for sure. And obviously, next up is uh, the Bonnies coming to town tomorrow night, eight o'clock, right here on KMOX. Uh, Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr. on the call with pregame starting at seven forty-five. Rammer with us here on Sports Open Line on KMOX and. You know, remember, we always talk a little baseball when we do this. I, I don't even know yeah. what there is to talk about. But I felt like, you know, we, we heard from the commissioner today, and mm. we're waiting for spring training to start. We have no idea when that's going to be. And, you know, I figured since you and I are talking and we always throw in a little ball, I just kind of lob you a little front toss here for you to hit it into the back of the cage really hard. <laughs> just gi- give me what you're feeling right now on this, because obviously we've all been through this before you and I have remembered 94, 95, you know, we've been through all that. We haven't done that in a long time. Every day. I feel like I should, we should be getting some kind of news that says, okay, they'll be playing by, by March 31st. And every day I'm annoyed that, you know, we, we are where we are and we're still waiting. I got, this is total gut feeling, no data. Cause there is no data. You're talking about a labor negotiation. Um, Buster Olney said he's heard some people say, see it flag day. I think that's too doom and gloom. Yeah. And that, that, that would, that would be disastrous for the game. Um, I think we're going to get a rare smile on tax day. So I, I think, I think they'll be back playing the middle of April. It's kind of just kind of a gut feeling. You and I have been through these labor negotiations for decades now and you just get a feel, they battle, they don't talk, you know, a lame offer, uh, an adamant uh, uh, no yep, from the yep. other side. And back, but it seems like because there's, you know, they talk, they're talking about trying to split down the middle. That's what the players want. Billions of dollars. And the longer you go uh, not playing, you're saying, well, we're going to cut our nose off the spider face. There's kind of a drop-dead yeah, yeah. date in there. Whether you, you don't want neither side wants to lose their butts, right? And so I kind of I, I'm kind of feeling the middle of April. 
You know, I, I, I have said from the beginning, and I'm too stubborn to move off it just yet, that they'll be ready on opening day because nice. because nobody wants to lose more. Now, I'll tell you what, Rammer, if, if 2020 hadn't been what it was, I might, I might be thinking this is going to be a long fight. Mm-hmm. But with the amount of money that is just gone, that nobody will ever see again, players or owners, but I think a bigger loss on the owner's side in terms of the sheer number, right? Because they get to keep yep. more. <laughs> They're the owners after all. Uh, right. I, I feel like nobody's going to have the appetite to say, we're going to give away more, especially with TV partners involved in this, and they take the kick in the teeth if you're not playing games. Uh, obviously, you know, everything, bills still need to be paid when you're not play, playing games. I think that's enough motivation. I, I, I'm, maybe I'm going to be wrong. I'm not even trying to be optimist. In fact, all I'm doing, Rammer, is saying I think ultimately a form of greed ends up winning out. Yeah, I, I really hope you're right. We see it and it makes sense. Sometimes these ultra-competitive people, and you, you're competitive, I know you, I'm competitive, but sometimes it seems like these folks, they don't care if it's scorched earth, they just want to win. <laughs> and, and, you know, we've seen that in real labor negotiations with real labor unions. I mean, yeah. With, with, yeah. with human beings that labor and they need the paychecks to feed their family. And so, and it can get pretty ugly when somebody, when, when, some of the people at the top are just wanting to win as opposed to figuring out what's best. And that's, I really feel like that's what we have to try and avoid. <laughs> I, hope, I, I sure hope that, that we end up doing that. Will you, this is a closing comment. You can take it where you want. Will you, will you be okay with the DH coming in since that's what Rob Manfred said today? Are you going to, is that something you'll survive? Yeah. I, and here's why. They've kind of let us know for over a year that it's going to happen. Good point. And so I whined, I groused, <laughs> I moaned, I groaned, I complained, I made my case. Yeah. And now, so I guess it's one of those levels of grief. And, and so I've kind of passed it. Now it's acceptance. Makes sense. And look, I actually think you're right. I think doing it gradually makes sense. It allows people to go, wow, hitter, pitchers batted 108 last year. Holy crap, is that bad? I don't know that I want to see any more of that. But, yeah, it's right. It's right. A, I think that the slow rollout there will actually end up being to their benefit. Plus, we got the little tease of it in 2020, and it really wasn't all that terrible. So, you know, we'll, we'll, I've always been a fan of it, but I understand, you know, pure, pure National League fans that have only known one thing. Going to take some time to get used to. Yeah, and I, you know what? You'll get you, they'll get used to it right away, especially if their team. We're talking about the Cardinals. Yeah. If the Cardinals have a DH that's hitting in the middle of the order, probably or multiple guys in that slot, and the production's there. If the production's there, everybody will go, "Oh yep. yeah, I really <laughs> like it." <laughs> it's a good time to have that kind of cluster of power hitters at AAA, right? With Yepes yeah. and Gorman coming along, it's like, all right, this is probably the best time for it. And I think Lars is going to get get some yeah. time there too, and rotate the outfielders through. I think the Cardinals, although I, I kind of like a guy who's your main main DH, but if he can play in the field like Newt Bar, yeah. now you're yeah. rotating people in and out and keeping legs fresh. It should be a good thing. Looking forward to it when we get these guys back on the field. Rammer, have fun tomorrow night with the game. We'll be listening and looking forward to talking again, buddy. Thanks for doing this. I can't wait. We, when we visit, we always have a good time. Thanks, Wheels. 
That we do. Bob Ramsey, kind enough to join us here. The Billikens on KMOX tomorrow night, as I mentioned, 745 for the pregame show, 8 o'clock for the opening tip against St. Bonaventure. All right, stick around. We're going to talk a little Super Bowl here. I want to talk about a a couple of things, but one, uh, there was a story in Yahoo Sports, uh, actually it's Yahoo News, saying that certain people are tuning away from the National Football League for political reasons, right? We know what those reasons are. Don't want to hear about all the social justice. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't believe everybody that's saying that they're turning away from the NFL. And I'll tell you why I don't believe it when we come back.